0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, we talk about abounding Ability or abounding life, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. You can see the word abundance. You see the word abound, and this is not past allow idea. This is God's way and God's will, His pleasure to see that his people will have abounding life. Last time, or last Sunday, we were talking about the God of the surplus. Our God is the God of more than enough. He is the God of the above and beyond. The excess, he is the God of way more than enough. Not so that we will be greedy and enjoy the number in the bank account, and just look at me, 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 myself, and I enjoy. No, he wants to bless you with abounding life in every way so that you can do good works, so that you can get involved in the great commission and go and do great work for God. Today, I would like to continue to read many scripture passages of the scripture to convince you and to build your faith That God is a God of more than enough. Let's pray. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to open the eyes and the ears of our spirit to hear what you want to say. And we pray, Father, that we will not miss anything that heaven wants to speak to us today. We want to receive the full measure of what you want to show us and you want us to know. And we want to be a doer of the word of God. Thank you, Father. Today, I believe your Holy Spirit is our teacher. Not just pass aloud, but your Holy Spirit will speak to your people and renew their mind and build their faith and help them to have the breakthrough in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many people believe that God never changes? He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the way he treated Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, he treat us the same way. Because he is the God who never changes. We have the Old Testament or Old Covenant and the New Covenant. When people treat people in the Old Covenant a certain way, he's gonna treat us even better. Because the Bible says that the new covenant is better than the old covenant. We are living in the new covenant. And God has not changed at all. His character has never changed. His perfection, his faithfulness, his power, his love and grace never change. He's the same God. So I'm going to read from the book of Genesis chapter 13 verses 1 to 3 concerning Abraham. Then Abraham went up from Egypt. He and his wife and all that he had. A lot with him. To the south, Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai. You can see here that Abraham was not only rich in his heart, he's a man of faith. He's a man who obeyed the Lord. When the Lord told him to take his son Isaac up to the mountain and give him as a sacrifice, he obeyed the Lord right away. He is a very obedient child of faith. He is very rich in his heart. I want to be like that. I want to be rich in my heart. But at the same time, the Bible said that he was also rich in livestock, in gold and silver. My question is who gave him livestock? silver and gold, the Lord. The Lord gave him. Some Christians believe that if a person is committed to God or dedicated to God, that person needs to be poor, and poverty is the will of God. No, that is a wrong concept, a wrong traditional idea from hell. Abraham was one of the most famous men of faith who ever lived on this earth. What happened to him, God can make it happen to us as well. God even called Abraham my friend. Abraham was rich, married, healthy, and was doing well. Because he was a man of faith. Verses 4 and 5 continue to say, To the place of the altar, which he had made there at first. And there Abraham called on the name of the Lord, Lot, also, who went with Abraham had flocks and herds and tents. Do you notice that S behind what Lot had? Herds, flocks, and tents. When I read this scripture, the Holy Spirit showed me that it is important who we hang out with. The Lord loves us. The Lord would like to lead us to hang out or associate with godly people who have been blessed by God, who have the heart of God. Lot hang out with Abraham. Because Abraham was blessed by God, Lot was blessed as well with a lot of herds, a lot of flocks, and a lot of tents. So my brothers and sisters, so important. What kind of church you go to? What kind of pastor you have? What kind of brother and sister you hang around with? Are they godly people? Are they the people who fear the Lord? Does God bless them? Does God shower blessing upon them? If God leads you to associate with a group of people that really Godly and the blessing of God is there, please stay where you are. Don't run away even though they may not try to be nice to you that much, they may not say hi to you, even though they may not be your favorite people because They talk the truth all the time and you feel uncomfortable. Why you tell me the truth all the time? But that's where God wants you to be. So divine connection is important. We need to find our divine connection. The right place, the right group of people whom God bless. You better stay there and allow the Lord to bless you with this group of people. In Psalm chapter 133, verses 1 to 3, give us this picture. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil, the anointing, upon the head, upon the head means the leader of that group, running down on the beard of Aaron, running down from the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there... When people live together, divine connection, and the Lord bless from Aaron down, the Lord will command the blessing and life forevermore. I have been serving God for many years, and I noticed one thing. The devil is so cunning. He will work through your flesh to get you out of the divine connection. And usually the flesh is about pride. Oh, you correct me. I don't like this. I'm leaving. Or maybe the flesh is offense. Somebody offends you in the church. They promise to do something, they don't do it, and you say bye-bye. Or sometimes anger, unforgiveness. People leave the place where God want them to be because the devil is so cunning and try to stir up the flesh. Offense, Pride, anger, unforgiveness, and when that person leaves that place, their life is not blessed anymore. You have to stick to where God called you to be, and definitely God gonna call you to be, and give you divine connection that is full of blessing because God loves you, full of the Word, full of the Spirit, and full of holiness. Amen. So everyone say, "Not me. I'm not leaving." Lot was with Abraham and he had flocks, herds and tents. And what happened, Lot left to Sodom and a few years later, he lost everything. If I could go back there and I was Lot, I think I can hang around with Abraham. Maybe the land next to Abraham, even the land is not enough to handle all the flocks, but I'm going to hang around with the blessed man I'm not going to leave Abraham, but Lot left. Genesis chapter 13, verse 6. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. They should find a way out instead of running away. Everyone say, too many cows. Too many sheep. Too many goats. Too many camels. Too many donkeys, too many tents, who gave them too many, many, many things. Who? The God of Abraham. I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will teach you today to understand who God is and to believe in His character. Our God is the God of too many cows and too many camels. And God doesn't want his people to be poor, to be in lack. God wants his people to have way more than enough. Poverty never pleases God. God wants us to be well-to-do in every area of our life. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob can do the same thing to us. I'm totally convinced that poverty is not the will of God. He loves you so much. And when people hurt you, he take it personally. He loves you. And he wants to give you more than enough. Not that you will be greedy. Not that you will enjoy the numbers in the bank account. Or how many cars you have. How many houses you have in your own name. But no, he wants to give you more than enough. So that you can get involved in the world mission. So that you can give to the poor to the orphans, so that you can help brothers and sisters in the church who still broke to be able to go to camp, to pay for their camp fee, to pay for the gasoline. God wants you to be the blessing to the nations. I learned one thing. This heart of generosity may not come from rich people. It may come from just simple people. And I witnessed with my own eyes that just simple people can be very generous. Middle class people, not rich people. We should not live in poverty because otherwise we cannot do the work of God. We want to get involved in building glorious churches around the world and be involved in the end time harvest. I'm so thankful that somebody donated a camera to the church, donated the, the switcher to the church pay for them, pay for the whole thing. And I believe that person has a lot of rewards in heaven because right now we have about almost 15,000 people who join our YouTube and listen to our teaching every single day, day and night. And the person who pay for this camera, pay for all the machines, God will bless them. Amen. They have money to bless the nations, not just to keep in the bank account. Amen. Genesis chapter 26 verses 12 to 14 Then Isaac now the second generation then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him The man began to prosper and continue prospering until he became very prosperous for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds, I like S, 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 S all the time. Possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistine envy him. Who blessed Isaac? God. God blessed him with so many things, including many employees, many servants. And even the world envied him. Now, let's look at the third generation. Genesis chapter 36, verses 6 to 7. Then Esau took his wife, his sons, and his daughters, and all the persons of his household, his cattle, and all his animals, and all his goods, which he had gained in the land of Canaan, and went to a country away from the presence of his brother Jacob, the third generation. For their possessions were too great, For them to dwell together. And the land where there were strangers could not support them because of their livestock. Wow, the third generation again. Not only Abraham, not only Isaac, now Jacob. He was so blessed to the point that when he, his family, and his servant walked out of the tents, he had so many tents. They walk out of the tent, they hit the cows. The cow was standing in front. Because there is no room for the cow to stand to the cow and the sheep everywhere on the land. Not enough land to hold all this livestock. So they walk out, oh, okay cow, could you get away? I want to walk out of this tent right now. Is that a picture in this scripture? Wow, they were so blessed. Why Jacob was blessed? Because his father Isaac was blessed. Why Jacob was blessed? Because his granddaddy was blessed. I want to talk to all the men in this room. All of you. Maybe you're the first generation Christian. Don't play game with God. Whatever you do, your kid's going to get it. If you're stingy, your kid's going to be stingy. If you are cheating, you are complaining, you're going to have kids who complain and also have a bad attitude. But if you are the man of God, love God, you are the giver, you are the faithful servant of God, your kid and your grandkid will be blessed. So it's up to you. For me, I choose the blessing. I want my children and my grandchildren to be blessed. They all, the three generations, worship the too much God. The too much God. Amen. I believe that the Word of God today will knock out all the unbelieving, junk, and ungodly tradition or ideas from your life today. I hope that it will change you. I believe that the Word of God will renew your mind today. Amen. In Leviticus chapter 26, I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. I'm not going to finish until I'm done here. I'm not going to quit. So you may have to stay long today. Leviticus chapter 26, verses 3 to 10. If you walk in my statues and keep my commandments and perform them, how many people say I'm gonna obey God? How many people say I'm gonna rebel stubborn? How many people say I obey? If you don't raise hand, what do you mean? <laughs> Some of you raise hand like this, I notice. You should be like this. How many people can obey God? How many people want free money? Oh, everyone go up high. Then I will give you rain in the season. The land shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage. Vintage means grape harvest. And the vintage of the grape harvest shall last till the time of sowing or planting grain. You shall eat your bread to the full. In other words, the harvest keep coming and coming. To the next season, the harvest still come. Go on and on, never stop. And dwell in your land safely. I like to dwell in Seattle safely without accident, without demonic attack, without sickness and disease and cancer. I will keep peace in the land. My house will be full of peace. And you shall lie down, and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts. Wow. I like that. God would. Get rid of all the evil things. And the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies, and they shall fall by the sword before you. Enemy here means demonic and Satan, not human. Okay, we are not fighting with any man. Five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight. Your enemy shall fall by the sword before you. For I will look on you favorably. I like that. God looked from heaven. I like Da. I like Tai. I like David. I like Cam. I like Brenda. I like them. I cannot give favor to them. And make you fruitful, multiply you, and confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new. Let me read from NLT this verse. You will have a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. Wow. When you have faith in God and you obey God, you bring in the first harvest, you have not finished eating yet. It's still there on your table. The next harvest come, and you look, wow, the new one come. Where are going to put this? Okay, I think I need to get rid of the old. Even the still quite good. So you have to take it out and put the new one on your table. That is the life of people who have been blessed by God. You will have more than enough. Keep coming in, keep producing, keep being blessed by the Lord. How many people want to live that way? What do you need to do? Have faith, obey God, and do the will of God. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, say the Lord of hosts. I'm going to teach about tithing in the near future soon in detail. I already wrote the sermon, two sermons. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So much blessing that you don't have enough room to keep it. You have to take out the old and put a new one in. You have so much cloth in your closet and a new one come in, you have to take the old cloth, but not really old, the same year. You just bought it three months ago, but a brand new come. You have to take out the clothes that you bought three months ago and give to somebody else. You have computer, and a new computer come in. You have to give that computer away because new things keep coming in by the hand of the Lord. You don't know what to do with them, so you have to give them away. Amen? Please, don't be like the man who will build a bigger barn and stockpile his crops in it. If God bless you with materials and money, it's not about stockpiling. It's not about keeping, keeping, keeping. Do you know why? One day we will leave this world. You will not take even one penny with you. Instead of letting those blessings, the material and money, sit there, rotten and rust, you should give away and bless other people. Amen? You should bless the work of the Lord. Please, I am not teaching you to look for money. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not teaching you to hoard money, hoard materials. I'm not teaching you so that you can give offering in the offering bag. No. I'm teaching you to have the right mindset. That God still want to bless you financially, but not just for yourself. It's for doing good and building the kingdom of God. And when you believe that, and when you obey Him, the surplus will keep coming to you, and listen to me, through you. Not just come to you and stop at you. It will flow out of you. And your sowing will go up to the next level. You are not there to pile up all these things in your life. You're going to keep giving and giving and giving out to help other people. Amen. Walk around the church, find out who doesn't have money to go to camp. Write a check, pay for that person. Walk around in the church, find out who is in financial difficulties. Bless that person. Don't just about think about yourself. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God loves the cheerful givers. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The word overflow means having too much. Again and again, God wants to bless us to have too much so that we can do good deeds. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Everyone say, our God is a God of too many cows. Now look at another story. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Jesus borrowed the boat from Peter, from Simon. Simon did not send a bill to him. He let Jesus use for free of charge. He sowed a good seed into the good soil. He let Jesus use the boat to preach the gospel, to preach the word of God. You need to understand one thing. Our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is not a taker. Everyone say, he's not a taker. He's not here to take from you. He's here to bless you. So what happened? Because Simon sowed into the ministry the good soil of Jesus Christ. The blessing come back to him. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You need to learn how to sow the seed. Luke chapter 5, 4 to 7 say, And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. Everyone say a great number. number. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats. And so that they began to sink. Wow. Our God is a net-breaking God. Both seeking God. He was that way to Simon and his partners. You think he would be that way to us too? You think God is a respecter of persons? No. God's way never changed. If God can bless Simon with so much, great multitude of fish, He can bless you to have more than enough to do His will and His purpose at the same time. Everyone say, net breaking. Everyone says, boat sinking. Everyone say, too many cows. Too many sheep. Too many tents. A lot of people that come to the kingdom of God are not living in the more than enough situation right now. They are living in less than enough or just barely enough. But you need to believe that God can take you out of that into the next one, you have enough. And to the next one, you have more than enough. When you believe and you obey him, the limitation in your life will be lifted and the increase will flow into your life. Amen? Again, I'm not teaching this so that you will give money in the offering bag. It's not about giving money in the offering bag. It's about your heart. Listen carefully. You can give money in the offering back. <laughs> Always ask me for money. That money is not accepted by God. It's not about money. It's not about putting your hand in the offering bag. It's about your heart and your spirit. Whether you love Him or not, you fear Him, you obey Him or not, you honor Him or not, you want to be a blessing to other people or not, or you are greedy and selfish or not. It's not about money, it's about your heart. Let me read from Scripture. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prosper. God wants us to prosper in every area of our life. Prosper in money, in family, raising kids, parenting, health, business, traveling, ministry, God us to prosper in everything. But before the prosperity comes into other areas of our life, the first prosperity needs to come to your soul. If your soul prospers, then your body will prosper. If your soul prospers, your finances will be prosperous. Amen? Amen? Your soul needs to be prospered first what kind of person who has a prosperous soul? What kind of person? A prosperous soul person is the one who has no ungodly, shocking traditional junk with wrong belief, with wrong thinking. A prosperous soul believes that his God is the same God that blessed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and Simon. The prosperous soul is the one who say, God, tell me what to do. I obey you, just like Abraham did. The prosperous soul say, I'm going to be faithful. You give me the gift of worshiping, I'm going to be in the church on Sunday to come and play music to lead worship. I'm going to do your will. I want to be used by you in the business of the Father, the business of blessing. I want to be a part of great commission. I want to be a part to go out and do the will of God you want to be a part of the business of God. Building the churches all over the world. Blessing the nations for God. Amen? Amen. That is the prosperous soul. You can be poor right now, very broke. You can be so broke right now. But if you can rise up in your spirit and say, God, I believe you are the God of the more than enough. I believe you can bless me. God, tell me what to do. I will obey you. I will serve you. I will be faithful to you. I believe God can take you out of poverty. I preach this out of my own experience. Pastor Dar and I, we were not wealthy at all. We came from, when I started my life with Pastor Dar, we had nothing. We sleep on the floor. We did not even have a, Mattress. We have an old car. We had nothing. But when God told me to serve in that Baptist church, we served. When God called us to cook and feed people, we did. God called us to go out to the leprous village to evangelize, we did. We did everything to obey the Lord. And He took us out from poverty. I did not come out from my daddy. With a lot of money. He did not give me any money. I have to start my life. Pastor Dad and I did not have any inheritance from my dad at that time. No money. I will just start from zero ground. But God still can bless us. Amen? Amen? But if you sit around and say, Oh, this is the way of my life. God makes some people poor. I blame God. God makes some people poor. And God makes some people rich. I don't understand why. But I think the lot of my life is to be poor and never have enough and all the debts in my life, oh, I will never make it. If you sit around doing that and having that kind of attitude, you will stay there because you listen to the lie of the enemy. What is the truth? The lie of the enemy say, you're going to be poor forever. You're going do anything. But the truth is, Jesus came to give us life and give it in abundance Till it's full and till it overflows. That is the truth. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you say, Pastor, you talk about money and stuff so much in this teaching series. We don't need money. We can be spiritual. We don't need money. Because money is the root of all evil. Is it the right code? No. The Bible never say money is the root of all evil. The Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. It's nothing wrong to be blessed financially by God. But you don't love money. You use money for the kingdom of God. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. No, I'm not done yet, okay? It's going to be a long time today. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us, on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So, we can see the parallel pictures of what happened in the Old Testament and what happened in the New Testament. The Old Testament is a type or a shadow of the fulfillment of God's promise through Jesus Christ in the New Testament. The Old Testament gives us a story as example for us, some bad example that we should not follow and some good example that we should follow. We're going to look at the life of the children of Israel in the time of Moses together. God chose the children of Israel to be his covenant people. He delivered them from darkness and from bondage in Egypt. There were slaves, They did not own any house. They did not own even their own body. They were like cows and horses to be used by the Egyptians. But God, by his grace, brought them out of Egypt with his mighty hand. And look at what happened. Psalm 105 verse 37. He brought them forth. Also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. You need to understand, they were so poor, they were used as slaves. I think they might have some back pain, disconnection, disconnection in the neck, arm pain, because they have to lift a lot of things. They might have knee problem, arthritis, back pain. These people were not healthy because they were slaves. They have no medication, no doctors. But when God took them out of Egypt, by the power of God, they were healthy. There was no feeble person among them. Wow. Not only that, they came out with silver and gold in their pocket, in their purse too. Is it a good God? Can God take you out of the land of Egypt? What is the land of Egypt? The land of Egypt is the land of not having enough. The land of poverty, slavery land. And then God brought them out into wilderness. The wilderness is symbolic of the land of just having enough. The Lord let them stay in the wilderness for a period of time, actually not He did not want them to stay there that long. He wanted them to get into the next land, the promised land or the Canaan land. The land flowing with milk and honey. The land of more than enough that even the graves need two men to carry. How big the grave. The land of more than enough. Everyone say the land of not having enough the land of just having enough and the land of more than enough is it God's will for his people to be in Egypt or in the land of not having enough no he brought them out into the desert into the wilderness and in the wilderness they received supernatural provision supernatural presence of God the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire Every day, manna came in. Those who pick manna too much have no leftover that day. Those who pick manna too little, they have enough manna to eat. The Lord told them that manna will not last until next day. It will be just one day at a time. Just have enough one day at a time. That is the land of just having enough. But unfortunately, even though God wanted them to leave that wilderness into the promised land ASAP, they stayed there for 40 years. Why? Why they stayed there for 40 years? You need to understand the spiritual implication. In the wilderness, it's a place where God wants them to learn spiritual lessons, learn the law, pass the tests, learn how to walk with the file of god learn how to walk with the spirit obey god build a church build the tabernacle learn how to worship the lord and not only that learn how to submit to leadership moses not rebel against moses learn how to be thankful and walk in faith not to be complainers and walk in unbelief unfortunately that first generation all this spiritual lesson, they flunked. They failed. They did not have faith. They did not obey God. They rebelled against Moses. They didn't care about the file of God. They all flunked. They all died in the wilderness. They never got into the promised land. I hope we are not in that generation. How many people say, not me? How many people want to go into the promised land? Okay. So you need to pass all the tests. You need to learn how to submit. You need to learn how to build a church. Amen? God can bring them into the promised land only in a short period of time. Everyone say with me, I'm not staying in Egypt. Egypt. Everyone say with me, I'm leaving the wilderness. I'm I'm going into the promised land. land. I hope that this truth gets into your spirit. Okay, He doesn't want you to live a life of getting by, scraping by, not having enough. <laughs> Your final destination should be the promised land, the land of more than enough. Now I'm going to give you an example of what happened in the promised land. Joshua chapter 17, verses 14 to 18. Then the children of Joseph, which mean Manasseh and Ephraim, spoke to Joshua. Why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit? Since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now. They boast about how great they are. So Joshua answered them, If you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the perisite and the giants. Since the mountains of Ephraim are to confide for you. But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, but uh, both those who are of Bethlehem and its towns and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people, and have great power, you shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its father's extent shall be yours, for you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron ch- chariots and are strong. This situation happened after the children of Israel entered into the promised land for a period of time. Some of them died in the wilderness. But the new generation went in. And the children of Joseph, Manasseh and Ephraim, were complainers. Please, don't be complainers. Like this. Keep complaining. Oh, the church should do this. The church should do that. Pastor, you don't do that. Don't be complainer. Okay? This is not good. They complain and they both, they know a lot of Bible. I'm a great people. I'm so great. Why do you give me only one lot of land, that mountain? Did Joshua say, oh, I feel bad for you. I'm going to give you another piece of land. No. Joshua answered, hey, guy, you think you know a lot of Bible? You're a man of faith. You are people of faith. You are so anointed. But you complain so much. That mountain land, you have the next one called forest land. Why don't you go in, cut down all the tree and use it for yourself and just get rid of all these parasites and all these people in that land. You are great people. Why don't you do that? Why do you complain? My brother and sister, the blessing is ours, but it's not going to fall on us automatically. We must take it by faith and by obedience and by having the right heart, not be a complainer. Amen? Amen. Don't blame God. Don't blame anybody. You just go by faith. Obey God. Do whatever God called you to do. Don't criticize other people. Amen? Amen? It's your own business with God. You need to take over your land and do it. Joshua chapter 18 verses 1 to 2. Now the whole congregation, listen carefully, of the children of Israel assembled together in Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there and the land was subdued before them. So God gave them the land already. But, listen, there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Years after years, more than half of the tribes of the children of Israel had not enjoyed the thing that God gave to them. They did not take the land yet. They were still sitting there and looked and did not go in to take the land. And Joshua said in verses 3 to 4, Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, How long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you? Pick out from among you three men from for each tribe, and I will send them, they shall rise and go through the land, survey it according to their inheritance, and come back to me. Joshua say, Wake up, the land is yours. Stand up, go in and take it. A lot of Christians live in the land of not enough for a long time. And they just get used to it. So they don't know how to get into the land of more than enough. They just sit there and complain what's going on. Joshua talked to you today. Rise up in faith. Faith without action is not faith, it's dead. You rise up, take it by faith. You take action you go out and work, and work hard. I, be, I remember when I first came to America, oh, so hard to be a resident at Harborview Hospital. And the Lord said to me, you work hard, you please your boss, you do your job, and the boss is going to promote you to be the next one to him. I did. I obeyed, I took the land, I worked hard, Pastor Doug gave up a lot because at that time she was pregnant. I did not even have a chance to go to the doctor with her because I have to work hard as a resident in the hospital. But she understood me. She knew that I started my life in America. I need to work hard. The Bible said, those who don't work, don't eat. You cannot just say, God bless me. I'm going to sit here, money drop into my hand. No. You need to work. You need to obey God. You need to go to church every Sunday. Listen to the sermon to make your soul prosper. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. If God says, go to your pastor and say, I want to get involved in the usher team, go do it. Don't say, oh God, you know I'm too busy. I cannot do that. If you do that, then you don't take over the land. You don't take action of faith. What God tells you to do. Is it clear? If God tells you, Support that ministry. You do it. You are the obedient child of faith. Amen. Amen? Don't wait. Take action. Go and get your inheritance. Let me read the last scripture. Joshua 19, 9, Another tribe, very good. The tribe of Judah. The inheritance of the children of Simeon was included in the share of the children of Judah for the share of the children of Judah was too much for them. Therefore, the children of Simeon had their inheritance within the inheritance of that people. Wow, the children of Judah obey the Lord. They have faith. They went in, take this land, the left, the right, the south, the north. Behind them, in front of them, they took, they did they, they go by faith. They just took 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 over the land. And finally they finish that job and they look around, wow, I have too much. This is too much. But the children of Simeon kind of fear, don't want to do anything, kind of, oh, I don't know, I can fight here, I can take over the land. And the children of Judah say, hey, Simeon, come in. I have too much. You can take that piece of the land. If you stay there, I don't even feel it. I don't even feel that you are there with me. Because we have too much. You know, when God bless you, you will come to the position that other people can receive blessing from you. Because you have so much. But don't be selfish. Don't be stingy. Hoarding, stockpiling things for yourself. You should be like the children of Judah. Hey, brothers... I give to you. I share with you. I bless you. Amen? Amen. Open your homes. Feed people. Take people out for dinner. Go to the mission trip and bless people in another city. And you will see that God is pleased with you. Again, I want to conclude This is not about having a lot of money. I'm not talking about you have to be a millionaire. No, no. I'm talking about you have all your needs met. And you have more than what your needs are met. And you can do the good things for the kingdom of God. You may not be a millionaire. That's okay. It's a heart. You come out from the land of Egypt. You are in debt, in debt. You cannot pay your bill. You suffer every month. You come out from that to have enough. And hopefully in a short period of time, God will take you into the land of Canaan, the land of more than enough. But don't just keep everything with you. Start to bless people. Start to help people around. Amen? It's more blessed to give than to receive. I know God's heart. God loves the cheerful, generous giver. Who, when I talk about giving, I'm not talking about only money. This morning when I get dressed, I pick up this tie. I like it so much. Because one family gave me as a birthday gift. So I want to wear it. I want them to know I appreciate. I'm not ashamed of the gift people give to me. And I'm not going to accuse or criticize people that God bless them. And when people bless me, I'm not ashamed of the blessing God gave to me. Because I want people to know that it's okay to be blessed. And it's okay to give out and bless other people. Amen? It's the heart of hungry, the heart, the prosperous heart. Amen? We should have that kind of heart. Amen. Amen? Father, we thank you so much for teaching us the principle in the Bible, to know that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of more than enough, the God of surplus. A Lord, as you treated those people in the New and Old Testament that way, you treat us the same way. We want to have a prosperous soul we want to be rich in our heart like Abraham. Oh Lord, help us to have the right mindset not to love money, but to love you. Learn, Lord, how to please you, to obey your commandments. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.